0: Welcome to I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting, talking mostly sports, mostly in the SEC, and mostly with the Bama bias. And now, time for your hosts. Tom was a regular starter on his Pee-wee football teams. After high school, he took a relatively unknown intramural college football team and had them one win from the playoffs. Late in his college career, he was a two-sport star and relinquished his college eligibility to enter the NBA draft. As an undrafted free agent, he turned to sports gambling and poker to make ends meet. Now he's here to share his life experiences and general sports knowledge with the world. He's Tom Sims, he's Rush Chairman, and he's damn glad to meet you. His sidekick, who he from parts unknown, Red Bay, he claims he can beat any listener at GALCA, which is probably correct considering you guys have like eight listeners. He has three Fortnite Victory Royale solo wins. He's been known to weeble and wobble, but he's never fallen down. He has the face for radio and the voice for newspaper, Mr. Jason Tiffin.
1: Welcome to the first podcast episode of I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting. I'm Jason Tiffin, and along with my co-host Tom Sims, we're here to talk about football, mainly college football, mainly SEC, and a big uh, focus on Alabama since both of us are graduates. Class of 98 here. Tom?
0: Roll Tide, 98 as well.
1: Oh, hold up, you're a couple years older than me. How do, what, what, what happened, eight-year plan for you?
0: Nothing happened. That's just, you know, uh, stuff happens, really. I like to get in there. I like to mix it up a little bit. If it takes a little longer, it just takes a little longer.
1: Stuff happens. Maybe we need to put that on a bumper sticker. (laughs) All right. Enough of that. (laughs) Thank you for the token laughter. I was waiting on the crowd to laugh and forgot it's just me and you. All right. uh, So first off, um, we're about to jump into the agenda, but... I want to discuss the, the targeting. I'm not targeting you your targeting. And, uh, Tom actually came up with the name of this podcast. And, um, it, it, the re- here's the reason why we, um, we are, you know, the meme that is, uh, you know, you see a little puppy or some young person helping an elderly lady across the street and it's very sweet. And, and, you know, the, the, the meme is, uh, I'm not crying. You're crying. Well, it was uh the week let's see lsu played mississippi state and uh devin white got called for targeting on nick fitzgerald in the second half which means he had to miss the uh the first half of the next game and it just so happened that was alabama game day went down there and uh tom and i were uh uh you know texting of course that day and he texts me uh, and it's dying laughing Some LSU fan has got a sign that says "I'm not targeting, you're targeting," and we both thought it was funny, and uh, name kind of stuck. So uh, that that is that's why you're hearing, that's why the name uh, the podcast is named that. So, uh, what do we got on the agenda tonight, Tom?
0: Yeah, plus one to the Bengal Tigers on that one. Um, well, tonight, first and foremost, I thought we'd you know have a few beers. Uh, We'd talk about the oh oh oh. I, oh, 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 hold up. Ah! Nice. Go ahead, continue. I mean, just for the listening audience, you don't have to have a few beers to talk about or watch college football. I'm just not sure why you wouldn't. Um, the same thing <coughs> with running a marathon. I don't have to have running shoes, but it sure to crap helps. Exactly. Well, We've got a big preseason agenda for us over the next uh, two or three episodes before we actually get into the season, which I know we all can't wait for. Um, so I felt tonight we could talk about uh, basically the national landscape outside the SEC. I know you and I have been working on our preseason evaluations and predictions for the SEC, but I thought we'd touch on a few teams outside the conference uh, before we get into the meat of what we're here to talk about. So... Uh, by the way, what is it you are drinking tonight? Uh,
1: that would be a nice uh, Michelob Ultra. That would be my beer of choice tonight.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna give a little. Never props. mind what
1: you saw behind the curtain.
0: <laughs> I'm getting a little props tonight to the Cahaba Brewing Company. The American Blonde Ale. It's beautiful. A beautiful, beautiful drink. Um. So, uh, what do you think? Is that a good spot to start, Well, national landscape?
1: I think so. Uh, let's let's roll with the ACC first. But um, uh, we're going to have a word of the week. And anytime um, the word of the week is used by, um, well, it can be the one of us, but specifically Tom because he has no idea what the word of the week is. So, I'm going to state the word, which I'll be able to work it in easily because I've been, you know, thinking about it all week about what we're going to how, how I can work it into conversation. Uh, but if Tom works it in, you uh, take a shot, you finish your beer, whatever you feel, whatever feels uh, necessary at the time. But the word of the day is Privet Hedge. Privet <laughs> Hedge. <laughs> so good luck out there. I think we might have a lot of sober listeners tonight. So, hard. Uh, kick us off with ACC, please, sir.
0: Privet hedge, huh? Okay. <laughs> and well,
1: no googling to see what it actually is, but uh, start <laughs> with the ACC. Um, let me guess—you're going to start with the reigning national champs.
0: I am going to start with the reigning national champs. I mean, there's no other place to start because basically the other, the rest of the league is horse piss. Um, Clemson has a schedule that really. I, I don't think is it's practically non-existent. Any, I, I don't think there's anybody on their schedule that can give them a game unless they play their, I'm not even going to say B, I'm going to say C game. I, I, I don't think there's a team on their schedule that can that can legitimately win the game unless, unless they bring their C game. And from, from just the eyeball test, their two toughest games may be out-of-conference SEC teams. And one of those... The South Carolina Gamecocks are subject to have five or six losses by the time they get to play them at the end of the year. What do you think?
1: No, I agree. Um, I was listening to the, you know the talk radio today, and uh, somebody said uh, that their probably their two toughest games would be back to back, which was AM And and Syracuse. And I mean, what kind of world do we live in where Syracuse is the toughest game in the ACC? But that that's where we're at. I mean, Miami. Has been down since o one o two. Uh, Florida State is a shell of what it man. They're they're a shell. They 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 strive to be what UAB is right now. I mean, I've never in my life thought I would see Florida State, um, you know, be at the be at the level they're at. Who would ever thought? I mean, I remember growing up in the eighties and early nineties. Um, you know, Florida State Miami. Oh my gosh, that was much must see TV. I would mm-hmm. miss watching a Bama game. Um, to watch that game now the game just happens randomly on a on a Saturday and we know me and you and uh, in the group text we have rolling year round we're like what games are on this week and somebody throw out hey by the way Florida State Miami plays so anyway staying on topic I mean Clemson who is going to give them a game outside of maybe A&M and m However, the game is at Death Valley this year. South Carolina is a rivalry game, but do we really trust them? Like you said, South Carolina plays Georgia, Bama, and oh, Clemson oh, this Hey, year. hey, odds are I those think are Georgia be the three. Yep. Yeah.
0: I'm sorry. I think Georgia has a private hedge in their stadium.
1: Ah, <sighs> I must drink a a swig of my <laughs> beer. Sorry,
0: sorry to interrupt. Please continue. Uh,
1: no worries. Anytime you can work the word of the uh, the day in, work it in. Uh, but I mean, they played the three. I would I would say when the when the first poll comes out, it's going to be Clemson one, Bama two, Georgia three, Georgia four at the worst. I mean, who's going to be if you put Georgia four, who's going to be three? You know, I, Oklahoma maybe. I, I don't Texas maybe because they uh, you know, had a good bowl victory. But that's South Carolina's – the hand they've been dealt. So, like you said, they're going to roll into that game at six and six and five. Uh, seven and four would be a wonderful coaching job by Muschamp based on what all they have to, to navigate through.
0: Yeah. I, that, that You said it. I, I mean, Clemson's schedule is softer than a keyboardist in a boy band. I'm just telling you, there's there's nothing there. The whole conference is weak. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only the only bright spot, well, let me not jump too far ahead of a bright spot, but the only team that I see in there that could be a surprise in the conference is Virginia Tech. Uh, but Clemson doesn't play them. They're on the other. Actually, Virginia and Virginia Tech. I think both Virginias will be very much improved this year. Uh, Virginia Tech had a lot of injuries last year, and I think they're going to be. Uh, I think they're going to be a little bit of a sleeper team, but again, Clemson avoids them; they don't play them. Uh, so <clears throat> the other side's kind of wide open. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know what what do they call them? sides? the the Big East and the uh, no, that's a different conference. What are they? West and East, North and South? Leg- legends and leaders. Oh, legends and leaders, oceans and valleys.
1: <laughs> I think they're honestly. I don't even know if they're the coastal and the Atlantic. That's it. I, I legit did go. not know. I had to think about it. No. But um, when you know, when you say that Virginia and Virginia Tech going to be much going to be improved, and I'm not going to disagree with that. But is that not you know most much improved in the ACC? Is that not kind of like being the tallest midget at a midget convention?
0: Oh yeah, you could take. No doubt. I think you could take the I'm, – I'm just toggling this in my brain right now. I think you could take the fifth, sixth, maybe even the seventh place team in the SEC, stick them in the ACC, and they'd win that opposite division of Clemson. Uh, I mean <clears> – <throat> All right, list me the teams in the SEC that would win the opposite division in uh, the ACC. Bama and Georgia of okay. course. I mean
1: I I'll start with the West. Go ahead. I'll start with the West. I'll let you have the East. Um I, I Bama's winning the other division. LSU's winning the other, other division. Auburn's winning the other division. A&M is winning the other division. Mississippi State would if they won it, would probably be due to a tiebreaker. But, I mean, I, I They'd say They'd be a contender, three for, sure. Teams. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I say four teams are winning outright, and then Mississippi State is a toss-up. Who do you have in the East that would win that one?
0: Georgia, of course. Florida would win that division. Uh, and that that's – there you just landed on my six that I was toggling through my brain a while ago. I said maybe a seven. And I was thinking Mississippi State was the possible seven. I'm not sure anybody below Tennessee or uh, Florida and Georgia's a lock. Uh, you know, Tennessee and South Carolina could play better, and I mean, there in that league, Tennessee and South Carolina could definitely be listed as sleeper teams there to win that. Uh, oh, absolutely. I don't think they'd yeah, be a absolutely. favorite over there, but uh, but they're contenders.
1: So we, I think we're both in agreement. It's it's Clemson and and everyone else. Agreed. All right, uh, Big Ten. Uh, what are, what are you looking at in the Big Ten?
0: Two horse league this year: Rutgers and Wisconsin. Oh wait, I'm sorry, Michigan and Ohio State. <laughs> the... <laughs> I'm about to yeah, say, if
1: you're if you're if you're seeing if I'm asleep now I'm very much awake.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's the same old story. Whoever wins the East will win the title game. Or what were these used to be? Those were the legends and losers, or no, legends and uh, what was the other one?
1: It was legends and leaders. And uh, some of the ACC fans, yeah. When it when it came out, I think they uh, we nicknamed them big and slow.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's right. But uh, yeah, the West (laughs) teams still have a long way to go. I mean, hell, they let Northwestern win the division last year. Uh, you know, if north that's thats like Ole Miss coming and winning the West. Uh, it, it ain't going to happen. I agree. Uh, I mean, w- what's next? Rutgers is going to win a game out there? Come on. Uh, it's Michigan and Ohio State again. Maybe Penn State's in the mix a little bit. But, uh, you know, with the coaching change and whatnot, I expect Ohio State even take a step back this year. Uh, even though they're still loaded with talent. They have a weak schedule, but uh, I expect them to lose one they're not supposed to, as they usually do, and uh, also drop the finale to Michigan. Uh, You might think to yourself, oh, so he's got Michigan in the playoff. That, uh, Not so fast, uh, my friend. I think uh, Michigan will likely get out-coached many times during the season, uh, but they do have a talent gap against most of those teams out there. But I think they'll end up with two losses themselves. Uh, If you remember, the Big Ten hadn't scored a point in the playoffs since 2014. That trend may continue this year if both of those teams end up with two losses.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I can definitely see that. Um, you know, back to what you say. I, I didn't. I don't know. I, you know, you and I are huge football fans, but you know, to me, it's it's Bama, then it's SEC, then kind of everybody else. I'd forgotten that. Uh, that Ohio State. I get Ohio State represented their side last year, correct? Uh, In yes. In the championship game.
0: Yeah, played Northwestern.
1: Okay, so they played Northwestern. Clemson <laughs> played Pitt. And what does Bama and Georgia get to do? Bama and Georgia <laughs> plays the number one and number three teams respectively to get the opportunity to go to the playoffs. I mean, it's just – it's ridiculous. Yep. But it, it is what it is. So, uh, you know, and I agree. I, I am not sold on – I'm not sold on – is it Ryan Day? I know his last name is Day. I think it's Ryan Day at Ohio State. Um, you know, he. I'm sure he's a good coach. But is he elite because – Love him or hate him, Urban Meyer is elite. He is elite recruiter. He is an elite motivator. Uh, he's also an elite at harboring criminals on his team, which. But it, you know, it comes back to Biden. But I mean, dude took took over at Ohio State and won it in year number two. To, you know, had Florida in um, in two out of three years. Just a phenomenal coach. I mean, is Ryan Day? Are we really gonna? Are we really going to on Championship Selection Sunday? Do we really hear Kirk Herbstreit uh, talking about Nick Saban, Dabo Sweeney, I'd say Jimbo Fisher, based based on he's got a national title. Uh, those three, and then Ryan Day is that? Do we? Is he really going to be in that conversation? So I, in coaching, man, is it is it's big. You got to have the players. You know, we see that at Bama, and you see it at you know Clemson's got great players. Auburn and their their couple of runs they've had they've had great players, but there's always you you always have a game or two where coaching is going to take over and uh, you look at you look at Clemson last year you look at Bama last year in the Georgia game, uh, you know what Clemson when uh, when they lost um, uh, you know Kelly Bryant uh, transferred then Trevor Lawrence goes down with a concussion I think it's against Syracuse and uh, you know Dabo made some clutch moves in that game to uh, to come out on top. And I just don't i don't think that Ohio State is going to be at that level from a coaching perspective, and I agree. I mean, Kaki, Coach Khaki, he's going to blow a game or two. So, uh, I I'm, i have to be with you. I, I don't have a Big Ten uh, team in the playoffs again this year, which that is not going to make the uh, the powers that be in that conference happy. But, I mean, we got to get the four best teams, and I, I don't see one of those two or anyone else, for that matter, coming out of the Big Ten.
0: Well... Before we cut Ryan Day too short now, keep in mind, he is 3-0 and as a head coach with notched wins against Oregon State, Rutgers, and TCU. Uh, probably, probably the most important stat of that, though, is he covered all three games. Oh, clutch. I wish yep. I'd have
1: known that uh, going into last year. Mm. <laughs> now, I mean that might have to be the, the that might be the trendy pick is uh is taking Ohio State to cover coming out of the gate. Uh let's take a little break from uh, football. We got two more Power Five conferences to cover, but we, we're gonna have a thing every week. Uh basically it's the meaningless topic of the day. So us uh, us two on the podcast, and I'm sure like most of our listeners, you you're in a group text with all your buddies, whether it be um you know sports or religion or politics or whatever you know we have a running text between myself tom uh dirty gober and golson how did how did golson get in the group text uh, that's a great he's in yeah, he's he, in he, he rarely he rarely contributes at least trip didn't get in it but anyway we, we digress um, so, Tom, Tom texted the other day, just out of the blue, we're not even talking baseball. And, by gosh, he didn't even ask it as a question. He stated it as a fact. He said, I can play outfield for a baseball or Major League Baseball team, and I think I can play the entire game without anyone ever noticing. And um, he said, I can, you know, most of the fly balls that, that come my way, I should be able to catch. And, uh, you know, if I don't get to it, they'll just think – the crowd will just think, oh, that was just – that was out of reach. You know, he hustled for it. And, uh, and, you know, at the plate, I can lay my bat on my shoulder uh, four straight times in four straight strikeouts. And, I mean, honestly, there's a lot of uh, – there's a lot of players uh, probably daily that strike out that – you'll go over for 4, four strikeouts. So – and, you know, hey, maybe – he's like, maybe I get walked, uh, you know, a time. So I'm 0 for 3 with a base on balls. So, uh, you know, I, I think we need a little bit more discussion on this, Tom. I don't think you can. Uh, I'll let you state your case first, and I'll go. Uh, I'll I'll try to rebut what you got.
0: <laughs> well, after I state my case, uh, I expect you to say, uh, "I have no response." That was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> well. For the record, we're talking about a single Major League Baseball game, and I'm not talking about a single Major League Baseball game where we have a press conference and, you know, the Kansas City Royals say, hey, we're going to let an amateur play outfield for us for one time and make it a big – no, I'm just saying nobody knows anything. I I go in the locker room. uh, Nobody's aware of nothing. I put on a uniform, and I trot out to left field. So, you know, here's, here's what I'm saying. The average Major League Baseball player. Now, these stats are, have to be accurate because I Googled them. If they're on Google, they're accurate. The average Major League Baseball player is 6'2", 207. Guess what? I'm 6'2", 215. So I'm about 8 pounds over the average. Hey, that's, that works. Uh, so I will look the part in the uniform as long as you don't make me take my shirt off. According to a study in 2013, approximately 15% of the balls put in play end up in either right or left field. So in a single game, if we account for a minimum of 24 batters faced, a major league average of eight additional hits, and a major league average of nine strikeouts per game, that means the ball will be put into play on average 23 times per game. You know, it's going to be plus or minus a couple, but that's a pretty good pretty good average, 23 times. So, if only 15% of those go to left field, that means I'd only have to field three or four balls a game. You know, if we're going to play the averages, I'm in left field, you snuck me out there, only three or four balls are going to hit out there. If they're routine fly balls, I'm going to catch those. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in my 40s, I can still catch a ball. Uh, but... I go to the plate, and you've already nailed it. I don't even have to swing, but, hey, I can take a couple of cuts. It might look bad. I've seen plenty of them look bad. I can sit there and take the strikes. Hell, I may even get hit by a pitch and end up on first. Uh, and by the way, if I'm on first, I'm stealing second. Um, <laughs> but I, I, just, you know, as long as there's no fanfare and you just snuck me in there, I don't think it would look different than, you know, 50% of the players on any given day in Major League Baseball. I rest my case. <laughs> I have no response.
1: You're so uh, overwhelmingly <laughs> persuasive. <laughs> All right, first off. So six, six, one, six, two, um 207, and you're 6'2, 217, two, 215, what, uh, 215. That's great, uh, Tom, but I'm going to tell you what. I've seen some 6'2", 207 baseball players, and uh, it's impressive to look at. I saw you last week, and uh, you're <laughs> not so much impressive to look at. So your uniform <laughs> is going to fit like shit. That's okay? not what Deb says. I'm not even so sure. I, if, <laughs> if I were you, just to be safe, on the safe side, I'd probably wear a cup in the outfield, even though outfielders don't wear cups. I would wear a cup just so everybody in the stands know I was a dude and not a girl playing playing outfield. Dude,
0: that's so, the only place I can compete in the major leagues. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a,
1: careful, careful. We have younglings listening to this. Okay, so, and I will agree, a routine fly ball, you'll be able to catch it. But the fly ball that the average major leaguer would, would take just a nice little jog over to catch, you're going to have to sprint. And if a ball hit, let's say we have a gapper and it's on your side because Lord knows a true gapper between center and right field, you're not going to beat the center fielder to it. Or let's just say, I'll tell you what, let's say one down the line, you're going to have to double cut. There's no way you can make the throw, uh, you know, in the, in the second or third base. So both, out, both infielders, middle infielders are going to come out and cut the ball. And uh so arm strength once you, uh, why don't we you bring a to, third guy out. <laughs> well, if we could, sir, we would. The pitcher has to back up the catcher because Lord knows the the, the runner's probably gonna try for an inside the parker. So um but we might have to put in special defensive alignment just for that. And uh so you know, um, uh, scale of one to ten, arm strength's gonna hold around a three. <laughs> and at bat yeah, you can get up there and uh, and you can you can put your bat on your shoulder, but I don't know how, how many times did you face ninety four plus miles per hour? I am gonna say not very often. So you probably gonna be by jumping the, way, out of the box, which is gonna be a dead giveaway.
0: I made the point that I would leave it on my shoulder, but you know I'm taking some swings if I'm in there. <laughs> I may look terrible. I may swing while he's in his you know, wind up, but I'm I'm, I'm swinging. I'm not going down without a well, without you know, getting it off I, the shoulder.
1: In this hypothetical situation, <laughs> I, I hope you get on first base because I want to see your lead. I wanna see the ball hit I wanna see a gapper where you're expected to score from first, you know, there's two outs, so you're running in crack of the bat, and I wanna see a ball uh hit down the right field line. And you're expected to score. I, I'm not sure there's enough oxygen tanks in the dugout to, to revive you. So, anyway, uh, you can tweet us. Uh, use the hashtag targeting, not targeting. Uh, if you're listening to this, tweet us and tell us what you think about Ken Tom playing a Major League Baseball and go unnoticed as long as there was no fanfare before the game. Uh, enough enough chicanery. Uh, we got two more conferences. We're running short on time here. Uh Big 12, is it safe to say that kind of like the Big 10, the Big 12 is a two-horse race with Oklahoma and Texas? Is that what you're seeing?
0: 100%. And, and, and one of those two-teamers is going to be uh, dropping three games this year. Uh, last year, even though even though they made the playoffs, Oklahoma had six regular season wins of six points or less, which included the likes of Army, Iowa State, and Texas Tech. They needed every point of every offensive series to win those games, and they had a Heisman winning quarterback that got them there. Now, Jalen is good, and I write him letters every day about how much I miss him. But is he the type of player that's going to generate that kind of offense that can win without defense? I mean, that's what all, uh, Oklahoma's been the last few years. Uh, I mean, that's all they do, and they've embraced it. I mean, that's that's their style. They're they you know they they're good with it. Um, I mean, there is some good news for Oklahoma's because they'll get ten starters back on defense. But there are some bad bad news for them too because. Uh, they will get 10 starters back on defense. That defense was horrible last year. it be horrible this year. They couldn't stop a broken watch. So, you know, for my money, I believe Herman's Longhorns have the upper hand. Uh, although they are far from elite themselves, I fully expect Texas to have at least two losses. But I still have them in the Big 12. They may even have three losses and still win it as long as one of those are uh, to LSU out of conference. That's another good out-of-conference game, by the way. That's what I was
1: going to say. Just off the cuff, Texas LSU. I know we'll cover this in a later podcast, but Texas LSU. Who you got?
0: I'm really torn right now. I'm still contemplating. Uh, yesterday I had uh, Texas. Today I'm not so sure. Um, tomorrow I probably have Wisconsin. So you know you don't know where I'll land in that game. Um, I will say this though. Uh, <clears throat> We've already talked about the Big Ten and possibly missing the playoffs again with two losses. If uh, Big Twelve here has two losses also with their champion, we may be looking at the first year of the playoffs is going to have a two-loss team in it.
1: Yeah, very well could. I mean, uh, another another uh, subject for another podcast. But you know, two-loss conference champion versus a one-loss Notre Dame. I mean, I think you all know where I. I stand on that I think Notre Dame isn't overrated since 1988 but uh it'd be an interesting interesting discussion and uh back to your breakdown of Oklahoma
0: and, you know I agree do what now go ahead well I was just gonna say there's no shot in the world that Notre Dame will have one loss this year they were lucky to be where they were we we'll, we'll, we'll continue that discussion go ahead with Oklahoma
1: I agree and I, I do want to touch on one thing if we have time on uh, on the Clemson Notre Dame stuff but uh, with Jalen, um, you know the thing with Mayfield and the thing with uh, Kyler Murray is they had phenomenal arms, above average. I wouldn't say phenomenal touch. To me, phenomenal touch is Danny Werfel and um, and Tua Tungavaloa. I mean, they that's two of the best touch passers I've seen. And I think you know Tua and, definitely has a strong Dirk arm. And Dirk Diggler, <laughs> no, Uncle Rico. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, uh, um, I don't see Jalen be I – th- I, th- I feel like Jalen is going to have to – I think Oklahoma is going to score some points uh, again, quite uh, quite confident they will. But I think they're going to have a lot more uh, points on the ground. And, I, I you know, I know Murray was a phenomenal runner. Jalen is a different runner. You know, Jalen is going to power over you. And Lord knows the defenses in the Big 12 are not ready to tackle him – uh, an, an SEC caliber player, so that's that's kind of the uh, the sixty four thousand dollar question is, you know, Oklahoma sometimes needed, uh, you know, forty five to win. A well, forty five is a heck of a score. I mean, you know, thirty five is great. You know, what if Oklahoma only gets thirty five because their possessions are a little bit limited because they got to grind some more drives out more so than normal? So, uh, you yeah, know, I'm I'm like I'm not sold on Oklahoma or Texas. Texas is getting all the all the Pomp and circumstance because of the uh, the win against um, who they beat Georgia. Yeah, Texas beat Georgia in the mm-hmm. Sugar Bowl. And, uh, you know, I, I know the non SEC fans get tired of hearing it, but when you're in the SEC and you go to a New Year's Six Bowl, it's going to happen to Bama. It's going to happen to Bama one year. I'm going to tell you for sure bet when Bama misses the playoffs, but we're good enough to go to a New Year's Six Bowl bet against us and I ain't talking about bet the line I'm talking about bet the money line because we're not going to win we're not going to want to be there Auburn didn't want to play Central Florida Georgia didn't want to play uh Texas last year and it showed it showed on the field I mean we get Jake Fromm every time Bama plays Jake Fromm we get TV Jake Fromm and Texas got Cable Jake Fromm I mean I'm I, I would love to get Cable Jake Fromm one year you know this would probably be the last year we have a chance to so um I, you know
0: and, hey, it's easy to let me, here let me jump on that. Yeah. I want to jump on that on a completely unrelated topic, but it reminded me of it because I've thought about this a bunch. Because you're exactly right about wanting to be in your bowl game, needing something to play for, blah, blah, blah. Over the years, and many, many, many years, people have uh, talked a lot about Alabama's claimed air quotes claim national championships you know even if we don't take all the ones Mm -hmm. that we actually claim we just do the we're still heads and shoulders above everybody else but uh some of those claim national championships they'll get you know they'll say oh yeah they they were undefeated and they got the national championship before the uh, bowl game's even done and they get waxed in a bowl game well let me ask you something if you've already been anointed national champions and you've went through the season undefeated or whatever and took in care of business what is there left to play for you know that's a that's a fun trip no for I sure. mean that's a that's a no pressure trip what what pre- I mean why do you even need to rep- prepare for that you know that's a that's a fun time that's not mm-hmm. a, a business trip like it is today so I just thought I'd interject that because it reminded me of that. So some some of those, yeah, where they did lose in the bowl game, I could only imagine what that bowl game experience was like. You know. Oh
1: yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, let's move on. We're definitely running over time now. Um, Pac twelve, our last Power Five uh, besides the ACC, which that was the whole. We'll break down ACC in podcast two and three. Um, Pac twelve, uh,
0: who do you have? Well, the Pac-12's home to my predicted uh, representative of the Pac-12 in the playoffs for the first time in a while. Wait, if you, I mean, because I don't really count Washington. They just keep getting hammered. Uh, <laughs> Oregon. I think Oregon's coming out of the Pac-12. Now, they had five losses last year, but two of those were in overtime. Three were against ranked teams. They returned the best passer in the Pac-12, Justin Herbert. And I like the schedule you know uh he's also a senior which plays r- really well into uh uh leadership i mean that that goes a long way alabama has had some really good teams and when their leadership's lacking their their results are usually lacking um they open up with auburn on august 31st and currently i think they're about a 3 point underdog in the preseason uh lines that were that were put out uh, but this this game against Auburn it's probably the game that either gets them in or out of the playoffs. If they can you know put together a, a reasonable season in the Pac-12, I think they'll have a solid year overall. But if they notch that uh, win against an SEC team in the week one, and then I think they could go at eleven and one and they'd be in the playoffs. I, uh,
1: I think they can go. Uh, I think they can go ten and two regular season and win their uh, conference. And, um, and as long as Auburn doesn't fall on their face, I think they could very well could be in, especially if some of the other conferences pan out like we had uh, we had uh, predicted here. But what concerns me about Oregon, they're, they're good. I mean, they're gonna be good. And you know, Herbert, the quarterback, I don't know why he came back. Um, you know, he would have been, I feel like he'd have been a first rounder. Um, heck, the Duke quarterback got chosen sixth overall. I, I would think Herbert would have been higher on the boards than him. But and now I think he had a girlfriend. <laughs> now you, uh, now you come back and uh, you know you come out in the draft with uh, hypothetically or expectedly it's going to be Tua and Jake Fromm. So I don't know how you go over either one of those two guys. But anyway, the with concerning Auburn as much as I would like to see Auburn and that's a very good sound, sir. Uh, as much as I'd like Thank to you. see Auburn lose the opener, I just don't see it. The Auburn's defense is SEC. Quality. Their defensive line is going to be top five in the nation, possibly the best in the SEC. And um, I, I think they're just going to be too much, just like they were for uh, Washington last year. I think they're going to be too much for Oregon to overcome. But I, it, it'll be interesting. It's going to be a fun first week. We got some good games uh, week one, and then week two, even some better games that are going to be out of conference. So, uh, so that wraps up our Power Five minus the SEC and. Um, you know, if you disagree, agree, think we're crazy, whatever, um, tweet at us and uh, uh, targ- uh hashtag targeting not targeting is uh, where we can check our, our tweets. We're going to create a targeting not targeting uh, Twitter account so you can t- actually tweet at us. But right now, we're just going to be able to check the uh, the hashtag. A um, couple more things we're going to do every week. We're gonna we got got a mailbag full of letters. Now, how you might be thinking how do people know your address this is the first time you've ever done a podcast why that's a good question how do people know the address you know yeah (laughs) but we've got a mailbag full of questions and tom (laughs) let me reach in my mailbag here and get a uh oh here's one right here tom is going to tell us cannot tell you how many times i've been watching a a game with a female (laughs) companion and we score a touchdown, we kick an extra point, we get one point, our score goes from six to seven. We come down the field the next time, we kick a field goal, our point our point total goes from seven to 10. I cannot tell you how many times the girl has asked, Jason, why did we get one point when we kicked it through the uprights the first time and three points when we kicked it in there the second time? So Tom, could you explain for our uh, listeners who are not as adept at football as we are?
0: Oh, I certainly can. That's a really good question. Who's that from again? Who's that letter from, Tiffin?
1: This was from uh, they did they left their name off. It just it's it's addressed to uh, Jason Tiffin, Red Bay. So uh, hmm. no name. I okay. guess they were kind of embarrassed.
0: Well, Jane Doe. Yeah, but that that's a good question. There are no bad questions around here. So, so basically, when a, uh, a, a football team is advancing the football towards its opponent's goal line, they have uh, one of two ways that they can score initially. And the uh, first way is to actually take the ball during their offensive possession and cross the goal line with it in their possession. And in that instance, they get six points or a touchdown, as we're all familiar with. If they score a touchdown, the reward for scoring the touchdown above and beyond the six points is having the opportunity to kick uh, an extra point, is what it's called, and they place the ball at the three-yard line. And if you if you kick that extra point, you get a single point added to your touchdown for a full total of seven. Now, on that same possession, if they did not get it across the goal line and they were uh, faced with a fourth-down situation, which... Maybe you guys are aware of that. Uh, They have the option of going ahead and trying a kick through the uprights uh, without crossing the goal line. And if they try that kick and it is successful, you get three points for that. So basically you get one point as a bonus for scoring a touchdown or three points if you can't actually get it across the line for a touchdown in regulation. Does that make sense Miss Anonymous I hope so uh, you
1: you explained it uh, where even I could understand it Tom so I appreciate that uh, well Great. Tom will have the mailbag question of the day next week so we know you'll be tuned in for that uh, last, one last thing we're gonna do before we close we're gonna have an Instagram model of the day and the uh, Instagram model of the day is Sophia <laughs> Beverly. And her Instagram uh, username is S-O-F-I-A underscore B-E-V-A-R-L-Y, Sophia Beverly. She very well might be the prettiest girl in the universe right now. I'm not quite sure, but um, she is uh, best known, or I, I, I ran up on her when she dated Dan Bilzerian. Now, if you don't know who Dan Bilzerian is... Uh, You know, you and your buddies always, you buy a lottery ticket and you're like, man, if I hit for 200000000 million, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. Well, that's the way Dan Bilzerian lives his life. It is a very impressive follow on Instagram as well. But Sophia Beverly. Tom, I know you had a chance to check out Sophia Beverly. What were your thoughts?
0: Definitely did not think she was the prettiest girl in the world. Uh, That that actual uh, award goes to... My beloved lifetime companion, Mrs. Deb Sims. She's most beautiful and most fabulous. and uh, I'll look forward to next week when you try to uh, produce someone worthy of that comparison, but it's it's not this week, my friend.
1: Oh, I'll, I'll do my best. Uh, that wraps us up for today. I want to thank everybody for uh, bearing with us to this first podcast. I know it was a little probably a little rough around the edges. Uh, but hopefully hopefully you enjoyed it and you'll give us another listen. Uh, at this point, we'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode and it's Marshall Softball Academy where you always need to remember it's all about bat speed. Until next week, remember, if you're leaving North Alabama headed to Auburn, you go south till you smell it and east till you step
0: in it. Take it easy, guys.
1: And your mind is not your own Lonely is a night
0: When there's no one left to come